The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Back into it at Tower 2 at Hale Varsity Radio, powered by Cornhead Lager, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Welcome in with the Chicken Nick Podcast, ESPN Radio, ESPNU, Sirius XM, and, uh, well, all-star youth baseball coach, Matt Schick, with us at ESPN underscore Schick. Am I, am I right there, all-star baseball coach? Can we go ahead and give you that? Yeah, that's fine. Um, my buddy Nick Law has referred to me as the Joe Girardi of of rec baseball. So, it's a lot there. I mean, look, when you when you sign up your kids for these things, you have dreams of winning a two dollar trophy, <laughs> uh, which you you can put on your kid's mantle. And um, you know, he owes me a lot because we've we've got a bunch of them right here. So, rec hall of famer, you you bet. I love that. That is so good. If you don't win the trophy, just buy one and, and put it up anyway, right? I mean, that's right. I mean, when he's older, he's not going to remember if we won or lost. Like, oh, we must have won something. That's right. You have a two dollar trophy to remember it by. <laughs> well, no trophy for Nebraska this season. Uh, five and seven. What a topsy turvy Big Ten West. I'm sure that was glorious all season long to do highlights with uh, the Big Ten West ball games. Uh, in all seriousness though, Matt, what do you think of, of Coach Rule's year one? Um, we've played a lot of tug of war with the good, the bad, the ugly and um, we think, you know what, it could have been better but all in all, five wins uh, I guess you'll take and you, you'll hope to build on. What do you look at? Uh, what are you impressed with and what are you left wanting? Well, I mean, you win five or six games, and you're feeling pretty good about yourself. And then in the context of the season, you look back and say, what a wasted opportunity to get to the postseason. The bar has been set pretty low here, and he couldn't reach it. But at the same time, there was enough there to let you know that he's got this thing on the right path. At least that's, you know, from my judgment. Um, You know, you look at some of the luck rankings and the fact that Nebraska underachieved based on its opportunities – I don't know if that's a reflection of him or a reflection of just the state of the program and where they're at, but um, you know, the fact is you had every opportunity to get to a bowl. If you didn't, would that really change a whole lot? I don't know. I mean, I, I've said, you know, once the advent of the 12-team playoff comes out, uh, making to a bowl isn't going to be good enough anyway, but that's the next step for this program, and they've, they've got to get there. And uh, this, this Big Ten – will not be any easier than it was this year, and I think that's where the frustration comes in. But but I think you'll be able to tell, you know, how many kids hit the portal, how many of these young, talent, talented players decide to go elsewhere. And I think he's got enough decent talent, but they're not mind-blowing talent. It's a developmental program. Um, if these kids are going to leave, you're going to get go develop somewhere else. You're not going to start somewhere else. So I think that's you'll be able to tell the kind of program he has with how active the portal is um, in terms of departures. And I think Nebraska will be okay. Matt, how would you sum up the 2023 season in a word or a phrase? Is there anything that comes to mind? Um, tantalizing, maybe teasing, you know, uh, those, those are kind of the words of, like, yeah, hey, you're, you're kind of right there. You're, you're enticed. 
Um, it left you wanting more, like most seasons. Um, so th- those would be a couple there. I mean, it's look, any, any Nebraska fan is kind of used to this by now, but I think if this if this happens in year three or four, you start to panic. Year one, you're right on the cusp. Um, I can't remember a time that they were playing for a bowl uh, as early as they were. Mm-hmm. So there's progress there, if you'd like. I mean, the, the calendar had barely turned to November, and uh, they were playing for a bowl game. So there, there's some progress. Matt, let's look at uh, some situations going on. Not only is it portal bonanza for uh, a lot of experienced quarterbacks, uh, Matt Schick gets a phone call from Matt Rule. What is the advice of, of one Matt Schick with Nebraska's quarterback room? Oh, I'd say we need to, uh, Coach Rule, you need to be very active uh, in the portal, at least in terms of looking. Um, if you believe you have the answer at quarterback, then why wasn't he playing sooner? Mm-hmm. So you almost have to go against your judgment to uh, to continue with uh, Chubba Purdy, which could be the case. I mean, that he looked fine. He looked like he has ability. There's a reason, you know, FSU was in on him and Louisville. Like there, there were there were teams that that wanted him. Some got him, and the Nebraska eventually did. Um, but you know, how, how good is he? It's it's always hard to tell how good a player is when you're not throwing to top tier talent. When you're not when you have backup running backs behind you. When you have an offensive line that is, you know, still a work in progress, it's just so hard to get a gauge on how good players are until they're surrounded by really good players, i.e., Joe Burrow. So hard to do, um, but I would say do your due diligence. The the portal is going to be as active as ever, and uh, see if there's someone who wants to come on board. The more competition, the better. But you can't screw it up. Don't just take a guy to take a guy. Uh, don't trust Jeff Collins anymore. Trust your own judgment. <laughs> figure it out. Let's go from quarterback to offensive coordinator. You've covered uh, college football on a national level, and uh, there's a lot of Cosgrove treatment 2.0 towards <laughs> Satterfield. And, you know, what's the word around the campfire from people you know and trust in the world of college football on Satterfield? Is he a, a, a cook trying to make ramen right now because of all, all the injuries, or – is there something there historically, turnover-wise, with his offenses? They, there, there is data that says he's a high turnover offense. So, uh, what do you believe? Well, I, I believe that when he was hired and Jeff Sims was a part of that addition, um, you know, when Rule gets Satterfield and then they both collectively get Sims, there was a thought from those who must know much more than I. That uh, of befuddlement, of confusing, of what what exactly are they trying to do here, and that pretty much you know, played itself out with the way that the season went. Um, again, it's you know Jeff Sims was a turnover machine before he got to Nebraska, so I don't know if that's a Satterfield issue. Uh, the quarterback carousel with the injuries, yeah. How there are too many moving parts and too many variables. I think to make too many judgments on, on Satterfield at this point. Here's all I know. The team played hard. The team wanted to win. The team looked disciplined. Um, they just need more talent, and they need more development, and that's what you get at a, a developmental program. Tell me, Shik, in your opinion, with what you saw this year, is this offense a quarterback away? That seems to be priority number one in the transfer portal, but is it as simple as that in your mind? 
I think it's a quarterback away from a bowl game. I think every quarterback is every program's a quarterback away from a bowl game. Truly, um, there there are some really good players that can turn your program around. But again, with the uh, with the injuries and such, I mean, I'm not. I don't know how many games Peyton Manning would have won with Nebraska. My guess is at least six, but maybe not much more than that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, look, look against against Michigan State and Caden Hauser. You know, Maryland, Talia Tungavailoa is a really good quarterback, and he didn't do well against Nebraska. Couldn't put up many points. Uh, Wisconsin went in the portal to get Tanner Mordecai. Hasn't really panned out. And we all know the Iowa issues that they've had. So, you know, a lot of programs are getting to, you know, some of these middling programs are getting to bowl games in spite of their quarterback, not because of it. And so if you can get a because-of quarterback instead of an in-spite-of, then, yeah, that's, that's worth at least a couple of wins. Matt Schick is with us, Sirius XM, and, uh, of course, ESPN Radio, ESPN. And to yeah. add to that, hey, and to add to that, yeah. that the, 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 the better answer is a quarterback away from what? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, what is Nebraska trying to do? Is it a quarterback away from a bowl game? Sure, you went five and seven. You know, make one fewer mistake against Iowa and you're there. Is it a quarterback away from, you know, competing for a Big Ten championship? Absolutely not. I mean, this is this is a roster that needs um, – it's not a microwavable roster. It's an oven-baked roster. It needs time. Colorado, uh, you've got a couple of coaches that are gone. I know Warren Sapp's moved to – to Boulder, uh, Prime had a great start, not a good finish. How does Buff fan or Buff alum Schick feel about this season? Did they play any more games after September? I didn't. I didn't hear. <laughs> I didn't hear. You guys, I mean, your guess is as good as mine. I didn't hear anything. Um, as far as I know, they're still sitting pretty in the top twenty-five and undefeated, and just beat Colorado State. Life is good. So, next question. No, uh, it's. Uh, <laughs> You know, the, the verdict is certainly still out. I don't know how this is going to go. I said when we talked last summer, we talked about how this was going to go. I said it was either going to be spectacularly great or spectacularly bad. It's going to blow up awesomely or terrifically awful. And we might get both. I don't know. I mean, we the first month was great. Now, this team did improve. This team was getting blown out in games last year. You look at the scores, they're getting better. The problem is you cannot, I said this last year, you cannot build a program with transfer mercenaries and hope for sustained success. Look what happened with Mel Tucker in his second year after COVID. You know, yeah, they win 11 games. Then what, took a step back, and this year wasn't going to be good whether he was the coach or not. So you've got to be able to build from within and be and know who you are. And for Colorado, um, I, you know, he said, he said, I'm not hard to find, but you got to go find them. You know, that, that's really what recruiting is all about. And I hope he does as a Colorado guy. I hope he can bring in guys. But, you know, they also want to play for winners. And it is hard to, to get recruits to stay on board when you haven't won a game in two months. And that's kind of where Colorado's at. Well, the news of the day, Matt, Sean Lewis expected to take the head coaching job at San Diego State, important for both Colorado fans and Husker fans because Tony White was considered a candidate there. But, Matt, before we get you out of here, I want to flip gears here, talk conference championship weekend, some playoff implications at stake. I want to get your thoughts on the weekend as a whole. What games will you be watching? Do you have any teams on upset alert? What are your thoughts on conference championship weekend? Well, I'm a little surprised that the point spread for Oregon-Washington is as high as it is. Um, I don't know if 
Some people are curious if Michael Penix Jr. is not 100% healthy, and that might be a part of it. I think Oregon is the better team. Um, I, I don't know how much craziness we're going to get this weekend. Um, you know, I would say that it all comes down to Georgia-Alabama. If Georgia beats Alabama, this stuff is pretty clean. If Alabama upsets Georgia, then we're pining for a, multi, a 12-team playoff, which is happening next year anyway. But, um, you know, I'm going to be at the ACC championship game. I've got the Dr. Pepper uh, scholarship tuition giveaway at halftime of that. So I'll be, be sending in your puns and your plays on words that I can use uh, for that as soon as possible. But I think Florida State Louisville, you know, if Louisville um, upsets them, then that certainly opens the door for a Texas and a Big 12 championship, um, a Big 12 champion to get in. I, I do think it's going to be Texas, Oregon. Georgia and Michigan. I think those are going to be the four. And frankly, I think if that is the case, I think three of the four can win it. I think Oregon is really good. I don't think Texas is there yet, but I think Oregon is really good. And I, um, I'm not sure I'd, if I could pick any team right now in the playoff, uh, they might be the one I'd least want to play just because of how they're playing right now. But I, I hope for chaos, but also chaos means Alabama beating Georgia. And I'm not sure if people want to see Alabama in the playoff. Although it would be interesting to watch Georgia fans' reaction for them being left out because I do think that would happen if Alabama beat Georgia. Well, Matt, with you being at the ACC title game, I, I want to get your take. Is Florida State a playoff team without Jordan Travis on the field? Oh, I don't know if they're a playoff-worthy team, but they're getting in if they win the game. Mm. I'll put it that way. Like, at some point, you can't just assume anything. You know, what I love about the committee is they say, we don't project. We don't make any projections. Well, that's exactly what you'd be doing if you said Florida State wasn't in the playoff despite being undefeated. That would be a pure projection uh, unless they turn it over seven times and still find a way to beat Louisville. Like it's, the, the eye test, they might not pass it the last couple of games, but it's always been a mosaic of best versus most deserving. So it would be hard for me in that committee room to hold it against an undefeated a Power 5 champ. But they would get in and they would probably lose by two or three touchdowns in the first game if they're the four seed and take on Georgia or even Michigan, and that's just the way it's going to be. Um, but injuries happen, but I, I couldn't hold it against the team. Last thought, Matt Schick with us. Matt, good to spend time with you. Thanks again. How does Ohio State get in? Can they? Yeah, they can. Um, they're going to need some help. They're big Oklahoma State fans, and they're big Louisville fans. I think if those two things happen and Washington wins – Michigan wins, Georgia wins, then they're in. The problem is if Oregon beats Washington, I think I'd put Washington in over Ohio State. They need Washington to win. Um, But then they need Oklahoma State, which is a two-touchdown underdog, and Alabama, which is a touchdown. Excuse me, not. uh, They need Oklahoma State to win, and they need Louisville, which is about a three-point underdog in order to to get in. But I I wouldn't put dirt on them yet. Uh, Crazier things have happened. And a couple crazy things happened this weekend, and they could find their way in. I, I still think they're one of the top five teams in college football. And, frankly, if they get a little better protection on that last drive and Kyle McCord completes a few more passes, we're having a very different conversation about Ohio State, and they're the ones favored by three touchdowns against, um, against Iowa. But it's funny listening to the, listening to the uh, SEC fans and those who cover them say, oh, it would be just terrible for Georgia – to be left out if they lost. Well, you know, it would be even worse if Alabama and Georgia actually played each other in the regular season. 
because that's what happens with Michigan and Ohio State. Mm-hmm. One of them is excluded. So the fact is, if Alabama and Georgia play in the regular season, they might not play as often as they do in the postseason in the SEC championship. They played three times in the last 15 years in the regular season. So I know that's going to change next year, but such is life in the Big Ten when you've got Ohio State and Michigan playing each other every year. And um, one wins, one loses, and even though it's a one-possession game, people outside the Big Ten don't care. They're kicking dirt on Ohio State. It is what it is. Matt, we'll talk again soon. Thanks for a few minutes today. Hey, time, fellas. Have a great week, and go Buffs.